Welcome to the Blau Journal podcast. This is Anthony Baer, the publisher of Blau Journal. Today we are in Santa Monica at the third annual Middle Market uh, Multifamily Forum uh, hosted by IMN. Uh, today I have my guest uh, here to sit on the podcast is Mickey Kropf. He is the co-founder uh, and CEO of Vector Travel. Mickey, thanks for taking the time to sit down and chat today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, perfect. So uh, we're here at IMN, which is obviously the multi-family conference here in Santa Monica in the lovely Fairmont Hotel. Um, tell us a little bit first about your company, yeah. uh, what it's doing in the space, uh, a little bit of maybe about yourself, how you started the company, and then we can talk about the, the actual trends in this marketplace. Sure, yeah. So Vector Travel is a short-term rental, uh, multi-family focused fee management company. So what that means is we partner with owners and traditional management companies, typically around their vacant units. Uh, so it could be a lease up or a stabilized building. And we'll go in, we'll furnish them, we'll photograph them, we'll distribute across multiple online platforms, Airbnb, HomeAway, Booking.com, Expedia, and other sites, and provide all of the hospitality services. We clean the units, we do all the accounting, and oftentimes we can generate uh, a premium for our clients. And in other cases, we're basically just solving for vacancy loss, providing ancillary income. Right. Uh, how long has the company been around? So it's relatively new. We started it in March of last year. So my background uh, initially was in commercial real estate. I did that in my 20s. I'm uh, late 30s now. For the last six years prior to this uh, venture, I, I had co-founded something called Rented.com, so a marketplace that connected residential assets with short-term rental operators. We eventually had a fund that would go out and master lease units to be run as short-term rentals. And through that experience, uh, one, I met my co-founder Vector Travel, Amin Mucker, uh, he was a client of mine, and then beyond that, what we saw was while we were taking the upside uh, by, by leasing these units and then applying this uh, lease arbitrage formula, our clients, uh, or, or in that case the landlords, they were missing out. Right. And so we decided that there was a need in the multifamily industry from traditional management companies to developers to participate in the upside and also to just gain exposure to diversified income sources, i.e. you know, short-term rental income. What has been your reception uh, so far here at IMN or with dealing with multifamily landlords? Is this something new that you tried to educate them on what it is or do they get it? Or what, what's the, is there a battle or, or? Yeah, we've been super fortunate and really grateful. I think timing is a lot of things and we're, uh, you know, we, we've benefited from some luck and from some work that have been done that has been done by Airbnb in the past. Uh, it's just going more mainstream, and so nobody has said no, <laughs> which is which is nice and refreshing. Uh, some people say, hey, maybe it's not a fit; it's workforce housing, or uh, we don't have any real vacancy issues. We lease really quickly, but right. beyond that, uh, they entertain it as an right. ancillary income source, sure. as you know, something where they can potentially earn more off of a single unit, even if it's a limited uh, number of units within their portfolio. So so it's been really well, good. Well, and something to look at, obviously, uh, vacancy rates are very low, obviously, right yep. now. And so that actually might not play in well to you. But when the market may be correct and vacancy rates go down, then landlords are like, I got to fill some of these units. What do I do? Yeah. I think maybe that's when you, you, you your phone starts ringing a little bit more. And they said, let's let's help turn some of these into service apartments. I think so. So that was, that was the other part of our thesis. It was, you know, one, this is going mainstream. And then two, a downturn is coming at some point. Right. And yet 
development cycles take a while, and so there might be uh, a glut of new inventory, at least you know, certain asset classes, certain markets, and then the effects of that will probably be felt even in lower tier assets, B and C assets. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, we've been fortunate. We're, we've been able to grow to 15 markets to date. We'll be in 20 markets uh, by the summer. And, and what are some of those markets you're in? So LA, uh, San Diego, Austin were our first markets, and then we've really kind of taken a, a client-driven approach. So anywhere a client wants us to go, if we can get some density of units, we'll, we'll go set up. So we're in some really random-seeming places like uh, Ames, Iowa, <laughs> okay. uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, Minneapolis. These are not markets that you would necessarily whiteboard to right. go into sure. as the operator, but again, we've taken this approach of where clients need us, we'll go activate these for them. And then the secondary effect for us is we've been able to diversify our market exposure a little bit. Right. Not that, I mean, we're not, you know, we, we basically don't have any physical assets, so it's not on that front, but more if we had only focused in LA, uh, well, there are some short-term rental regulations coming down the pike, it looks like, that may have put us out of business right. or at least caused us to, to, to migrate. So you're coming in for the multifamily landlord and providing basically a service yep. to come in and manage it as a, 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 a I mean it's a hotel-like experience hotel -like really experience, yeah experience yep. you know for the kind of uh, uh, office worker whatnot that needs to be in a city for X amount of time so you come in and you redesign uh, you put together the whole kind of package it's a turnkey solution for the multifamily landlord um, what percentage of their mix let's say units would they use your uh, your template to kind of come in on a, on a five or ten percent of the units or? yeah that's what we've seen to date uh, so I mean e actually even if they have five percent vacancy which is probably what they're shooting for they're doing really well maybe they carve out you know sixty percent of that vacancy factor and they they do this and then we can frame those as guest suites just like you would do traditionally it's just now it's not only residents booking them for friends and family it's also people that are you know coming from out of town as business travelers or as uh, leisure travelers we've also seen some kind of interesting things that have happened we'll build a property level website we'll give it to the friends and family that's great but the other thing is it's actually used for leasing so on-site leasing staff, to the extent that that exists, will if they have you know potential residents coming from out of town or coming from the suburbs looking to downsize and, and go urban, then they stay for the weekend, try before they buy, if you will. And, uh, and so yeah, so there's like these ancillary benefits that we've seen that we didn't anticipate. No, I think it's a very interesting uh, market. I'm glad to see more of these service departments coming to the U.S. I think it is definitely a trend that will come here. Uh, I, I say this as I, I'm in Europe quite a bit at, at conferences, and, and I stay sometimes at, at service departments. Um, they have a pretty robust market there, yeah. uh, already specifically like in Germany, where it's it's pretty amazing. You know, the, the quality you get uh, instead of going to stay in a hotel, especially if you're somewhere for more than three or four days, you're staying for a week. Right. You know, if you look at uh, obviously you have Airbnb which people can do, but it's kind of nice to go into these service departments that almost take it one step above a little bit more than what some um, small Airbnb people would do with their, you know, with their unit that they would put out for rent. That's right. And so, I mean, we've looked to, to Europe for years now around, you know, the, the pure vacation rental industry and then going into, you know, call it what you will, but service departments or Airbnb of apartments, but right. running them as a professional. And, uh, and we've drawn lessons from that. We also draw lessons from the hotel industry on a regular basis. And so, yeah, we are looking to provide, you know, a certain level of, of uh, 
um, amenities within the unit, uh, making sure that they have, you know, a guest, in terms of that guest experience, has everything he or she will want, uh, from coffee makers to wine openers to whatever, high-end uh, linens, hotel-style toilet uh, uh, shampoos and body wash and so forth. And so, you know, really the primary reason they're booking is for price and value, uh, and yet we can layer on a, a level of professionalism that, you know, yields to results for our clients and for us. Right. So uh, your revenue model, uh, is this a, a, you work with landlords on kind of a, a per unit fixed rate? You take a percentage of, of rent that's coming in? How does that work? Uh, yeah. So so good question. The standard for other multifamily short-term rental operators right now is the corporate lease model. Uh, and that's the one that we came from. We instead sign management agreements and it's really a revenue share basis. So the standard rev share, it starts at 75% to clients, 25% to us. And then we bring that down with any kind of volume. Right. Right. Uh, what, obviously, kind of as a startup, what are you? How difficult is it for you guys to get your name out there? What are you doing uh, outside of coming to conferences like IMN? Uh, uh, honestly, these are the, the the best avenues that we've found so far. Uh, so we were at every IMN uh, mid-market multifamily forum event this year. Uh, we were just at AIM, so the Joshua Tree Group conference events. Uh, we'll be doing NAA Apartmentalize. Beyond that, uh, it's been interesting to see. We've 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 only dabbled with it, but uh, I think be, because it's gone so mainstream and because there are needs at a property level basis, even doing direct outreach, so going kind of bottom up. These events are more top down, but bottom up, uh, spreading the word with emails and and phone calls. We've actually had a pretty good uh, response rate so far. Would you see working with the developer from like just? flat up built up as this model instead of going into an existing unit or no? Yeah, we, w we would love that because there are certain efficiencies that you can build into right. that building which lead to operational efficiencies but also improve the guest experience. Right. Um, so, I mean, a hallmark of short-term rental stays if, if people have consumed Airbnb and so forth is kind of a, uh, a light touch uh, approach. You know, if you don't want to see anyone then you don't have to basically. And so we could really do a lot in terms terms of, uh, uh, you know, the controlled access being maybe not FOB-based, but just code-based or whatever to the building, then uh, wayfinding into the unit, and then same sort of thing, you know, keyless entry in the locks, and and just build that in all the way through, uh, as opposed to retrofitting certain things, or, I mean, we even have to deal with physical keys and physical right. FOBs at times, and, and it's just a little bit clunky. So yeah, you know, those are, those are great I'm opportunities. I'm bringing this up because I have a, a friend uh, who I've interviewed on the podcast multiple times who has a, a big co-living uh, company called Quarters. Yeah. And they're expanding with the funding they've had. And uh, originally they were going into kind of existing buildings, but now they're going directly to developers where they come in and they provide the management uh, solution of the co-living space. Yeah. But a lot of these developers are seeing this as a new asset class and from ground up, you know, want to build uh, one of their quarters you know, co-living spaces, whether it's in Chicago where they're in or, or New York, but coming sure. here to LA as well. So um, I think they're getting more attention now directly that developers are getting turned on that you know, co-living is becoming a little bit more than just a trend now. Yeah. There's a reality with affordable housing and same thing kind of with the market you're in with service departments, you know. It, it makes tons of sense and yet, you know, I, I also think by doing any of these things around facilitating the guest experience for short-term rentals, I don't think they're taking anything 
going away if they ever need to reposition uh, right. the asset as right, exactly. regular long-term rentals. So right. uh, as opposed to <clears throat> some of the decisions you might make in the co-living design process right. might kind of well, Yeah, well, co-living originally, they, yeah. they basically could take out out of an existing apartment or condo, you know, one or two rooms, make it a common space. They could do it as a little bit tough and clunky, sure. but it's much better when you can go ground up, yep. design, you know, build, uh, build a suite that way, then it, it, it kind of uh, works a lot better for the end user. Um, you know, and I think looking forward, that's kind of almost how I think that this market should work in these urban areas where you're going to see this is some mixed use form where in a place you have long-term tenants, maybe on um, certain floors, and certain floors you have intermediate uh, or short-term tenants that would basically be separated by floors. So, you know, yeah. the problem you have a lot with Airbnbs is, you know, hey, these people are transient, the people are always coming in, it's like a hotel room, and you don't necessarily want, you know, your unit next to a place that's maybe a service department where every couple of days someone you know news coming in. So Definitely. I think almost by separating yeah. on a on a on a mixed use uh, you know a multiple level area where you designate different floors for different uses like terms of stay right long term tenants here and then maybe two floors in the middle of a building go towards right. service departments. We're starting to see it too. And uh, I think that yeah. you know and then retail down below and now you could have a business person stay at this uh, complex for a week or a month and be on the same floor as other people that are there for that long, right. uh, be serviced by you know retail down below, and then the people that are long-term tenants are on the upper floors or, or different floors, so they don't necessarily have to deal with that transient maybe you know on their floor. Definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, to allay some concerns, most people coming to stay in apartments aren't throwing parties, right. and when they do, uh, we, we do actually monitor noise levels in each unit, and so we can respond to that in a, in a timely manner. So, you know, there are issues at times, it's about how you how you respond to them. Uh, but yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think it'll be interesting to see if projects, you know, or how they get financed going forward with that sort of mixed-use approach applied yeah. to, you know, service departments, short-term so with so forth. service departments, are you going after the corporate client uh, primarily for these, or is this open to anyone that wants to stay in a service department all uh, they would in an Airbnb? Yeah, more, more the latter. Uh, so we definitely work to qualify our units in, like, the, the, uh, the Airbnb listings, for example, you can qualify for something called Airbnb for work right. by hitting certain standards. and. So we're always looking to do that. We're always looking for new platforms uh, through which to book, and so there are some uh, corporate rental platforms now. But uh, our model is really not so much the B2B sales model, calling on Fortune 1000 companies for, for guests. We're really about uh, providing that hotel-like booking process, which includes online booking, uh, and and then getting those people in and out. In, in right, so leveraging tech, technology, right. make it really easy, one click. Indeed. As I was saying, like, the co-living guys are doing that, all app-based, basically, keyless entry, and you can do everything from your phone, uh, you know, what you need to do. I mean, yeah, obviously, fantastic. you see that, that's, that that's kind of the future. Um, yeah, that's that's very interesting. What um, what do you see uh, your your challenges? Let's say in the next six months here with with uh, trying to get into new markets. What what's on yeah. the horizon for you? Yeah, well, you know, so regulations do continue to be a challenge for us. Uh, you, you know, and we're diversified and we'll continue to do that. Uh, but as we penetrate some markets, you know, I think it's something to be aware of. Um, you know, I think. 
I think we're still some, even though it's going more mainstream, you know, there's still an education process here. Um, and so, you know, just making sure that people understand how it works, you know, how we can integrate, as you as you suggested, maybe by floor or by a wing of a building and, and maybe trying a pilot project or two. Um, so for us, it's really about cracking into more accounts. Uh, we're not so much concerned with unit count or property count. We're concerned with growing our, our account bases and, uh, and then scaling from there. But uh, I mean, for us, I mean, we just we continue to innovate. We're, we're building more and more technology in-house to support this, um, and then it's fine. You know, it's normal company problems finding great talent to yeah, support the right. to support the growth. So and so on the short term, what what is the minimum uh, amount of time that someone can stay in? One night, so it can go down to one night. Yeah. So there's no, no minimums like some of the places where more on the service corporate side you have yeah. to be at least a 30 day minimum. So yeah, definitely not that. I mean, our model is 29 nights or less. Uh, I will say back to that client driven approach. If we, you know, if, if we find a client that wants say a three night minimum for whatever reason, we would do that. I mean, it's all about for us. It's about transparency on the front end around what's the what's the revenue potential and any lever that you pull, such as adjusting min day is probably going to have, you know, an effect, in that case, an adverse effect on the overall revenue. So Right. Okay. Well, pretend that I'm a multifamily landlord. I'm here and I'm at uh, Pitch Me. What, you want to pitch your service to me. What is your pitch to people, let's say, that would listen to the podcast that might be landlords? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, the, the simplest pitch is that we will go in and uh, solve your vacancy loss issues uh, to the extent that you have any, and we will provide you with ancillary income and, you know, thereby will increase the value of your of your assets right yeah. that's wonderful um, where can people find you online what's what's your web address thanks yeah it's vectorstays.com so v-e-c-t-o-r-s-t-a-y-s.com and uh, yeah I mean Mickey Croft on LinkedIn would love to connect and one last thing how, 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 do you, how has IMN been for you is this the first time you've been here to the conference actually this is uh, I think our third and these have been great for us we've, we've gotten to put our name out there to quite a few folks we've met uh, new clients at these events we learn a few things we get to to educate folks, so it's been great. Wonderful. Well, Mickey, thanks for taking the time to sit down and chat with us today. It seems like uh, obviously a very interesting, you know, sector in the marketplace that I think is trending and, and probably will grow. So best of luck to you guys, and uh, thanks for, for taking the time today. All right, thank you, Anthony.